My name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories. Stories, The weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hello. Hi. How is everyone today? One day we'll get we'll get this like this down to where we sound professional. We'll come up with a professional transition between our intro and our stories. But I'm hoping it'll that, happen someday. I'm hoping that no, no, Jovi says Jovi no. says no. Don't let it happen someday. Don't she let likes, it happen. You like it? She likes our convos on the fly. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I kind of like things that are unedited and kind of a little bit more realistic. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, you don't want to sound too robotic. I don't want to sound like this I all the time. I am a robot. Beep, boop, bop. Boop, boop, boop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Charlie, yeah. I'm going to send it over to you for your... Drew Graham headlines. <sighs> yes. Okay. So I have two, of course, true crime headlines to share with y'all this afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening, middle of the night. Um, the first uh, story that I'm going to tell you, or first, uh, what is it called? True crime headline. Should we I'm just start saying you? good day? Have oh, a good, good day. Good day. Good day. Good day, mate. Good day, whatever. Oh, shrimp on the bob. That's really bad. I do bad accents. Um, so my first true crime headline comes from Entertainment Weekly. Ooh. Um, oh, that's a new one. Ring, ring. It was published on June 30th, 2021. Yeah. And the headline reads, Allison Mack sentenced to three years in prison for Nexium crime. <gasps> I saw that. Yeah. I don't think it's She's enough. the one from Smallville, right? Yeah. I don't think it's enough. The Smallville Tucker. actress will spend Sorry. three years in prison for her role in Keith Raniere's Nexium cult scandal, which was chronicled on the HBO's Doctor Center, docuseries The Vow, which bored me to tears. So Smallville actress Allison Mack has been sentenced to three years in prison and fined $20,000 for her role in executing criminal acts as part of Keith Raniere's Nexium cult. So uh, mm, she was the one. Mm, nope. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Maybe one day we'll actually do Nexium and I could talk a little bit more about it. Let's just say I don't think three years is enough. Nope. I don't Mm-mm. think that she was as brainwashed as she wants everybody to think she is Mm-mm. or think she was. Three years is not enough for what she did, but nope, whatever. Um, all right. My second true crime headline is also from a new one that I haven't used before, and it's from BuzzFeed News. What? I know. Who am I? Who, Who are you tonight? Am I? Um, and this was posted on July 9th, 2021, and the headline reads, a London cop has pleaded guilty to murdering British woman Sarah Everard. I know that I've talked about Sarah, Sarah Everard before, but this was the final chapter in this story where um, this cop this pos uh, piece of shit did actually plead guilty to murdering her um everard was killed in a seemingly random attack while walking home from a friend's place in march her murder set off a tidal wave of grief and anger in the uk and i will also add that to and around the world uh, i was um, fucking furious it was awful just absolutely awful the, the story itself was just absolutely disgusting Um, The London police officer arrested for the kidnapping, rape, and killing of 33-year-old Sarah Everard pled guilty to her murder on Friday in a crime that sent... I said this already. Shockwaves to the UK. They apparently like to cut and paste in BuzzFeed News. Wayne Cousins? 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 Wayne the Jerk? uh, He was 48 years old, former Metropolitan Police Officer. Already admitted to the kidnapping and the rape, and then finally pled guilty to the killing as well. So, real big dick this guy real real big dickhead but yeah so rest in peace Sarah Everard he's not he's not gonna do well in jail oh 
Oh, oh no, no. Not at all. No, no, no. Besides the fact of the crime that he did and how notorious the crime was in the first place, besides the fact that he's a cop, yeah, he's not going to be real popular. Mm-mm. Or he is going to be real popular, but not for the right reasons. But yeah, those are my uh, true crime headlines this week. So Very good. I know, Thanks. Thanks. I thought I, I chose well. You um, did. You did. Yes. I'd like to thank I was like, I'm going to start looking at... Cards. I'm going to start looking at BuzzFeed. I'm telling you, Damn. man. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass things over to Nikki. And she is going to regale us all with her bed crime story for this evening. So I know a couple weeks ago I was... Well, this is probably a while ago. I was talking about Shattered. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. the original story that I was started watching Shattered for. Okay. Because I wanted more information on it. Okay. So, my sources for today are Shattered and Wikipedia. Fun. Well, and it's also, I guess, from Murderpedia, too. Oh, Oh, wait. I don't know how to read my own sources. (laughs) Medium.com, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, and Shattered. So, now Shattered is on what network? Discovery Plus. You got me hooked. I know. That's my bad. I, like, like, recommend it, and then I, like, dip out. I'm like, watch this. I'm out. And then I forget. Yeah. I'm like, I'm addicted. And my, I forgot that I changed the password. And my boyfriend was like, he's like, can I get the password again? And I'm like, yeah. Because Shark Week's on there right now. Yeah, Shark Week is on there right Shark now. Shark Week. There was, I saw a meme or something today. It was like, uh, this is the best time to go into the water because the sharks are too busy being on TV. <laughs> you guys are so, people are so funny. Well, there is one with uh, Chris. Chris. Uh, Hemsworth, yeah, yeah. It's we watched like Shark Beach, and I'm like, yeah. we watched that one. It's actually really good. Mm, uh, and this this little old woman was like grabbing his muscles, and I had to like, I was fucking dying. Mm. She was like, yeah. She goes, she goes. The sharks just bite, bite you like this, and it, it's just like he's he's very pretty. Did you actually see real quick? Just sidebar on Shark Week. This is actually relevant because we're talking about Shark Week, so now it's relevant. It's not too whatever anyway did you see that they did like shark week jackass and it was steve-o and one of the other dudes who was on jackass did like some sort of like trick jump over shark infested waters oh, the fuck guy no. fell in the guy fell in and got <gasps> bit by a shark fuck yeah. no no yeah. no no, 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 yeah. no have you guys heard of mark anthony rogowski no no oh fuck yes i'm so excited to tell you the story that so this is like one of those stories that when I heard it, it just stuck with me uh-huh. because as a teen, I used to hang out at the skate park of mm-hmm. Tampa, AKA spot. So I used to hang out every single weekend there. Mm-hmm. So when I heard this, it just like, it just clicked mm-hmm. in me. Like, it's just like, you know how like you can hear a bunch of stories and they don't click because like, you're not, you don't relate to it. In any way. You don't relate to it. So this is one of those stories that I felt like I was like, I didn't really relate, but it was into things that I was into. So I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit. So Mark Anthony Rosowski, also known as Gator. I'm mm-hmm. going to refer to him as Gator all throughout the article, just because it's kind of easier. Mm-hmm. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, but he moved to California at the age of three after his parents divorced. Gator was a gifted athlete playing Little League Baseball in his youth. He started a skateboard at age seven. And while most of his friends were into surfing, he eventually started to hang out at the skate parks. Mm-hmm. So in 1978, after two years of skating local parks, 12-year-old Gator was picked up by a local skate team. Hmm. So 12. Well, so good, apparently. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, 70s, it was like, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in the 70s, skateboarding was still, like, not a thing yet. Like, I mean, people did it, but I'm sure it wasn't, like, a thing yet. Like, yeah, trendy. I mean, like, not like with the tricks and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so Gator started his professional skateboarding career in 1980 at age 14. And in 1982, he won his first major contest, the Canadian Amateur Skateboarding Championships in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Hmm. It's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. So in 1984, he won a national championship and he received endorsement deals from uh, Galwing Trucks earlier, uh, like early in his career. Mm-hmm. So he was, mind you, this is 1984. So, so he's, he's like 17, 18, maybe 17, 18. He was being paid between 4,000 and 8,000 a month. All right. A month. In the 80s. That's in phenomenal. the 80s. Yeah. For clothing and skateboarding equipment endorsements. Right. Just from endorsements alone. Dang. Yeah. So by 1987, Gator was earning $2 per skate deck from Vision, which was selling 7,000 decks on a monthly basis, which was resulting in royalties of $14,000. So additionally, Vision was also selling t-shirts, barrettes, hip packs, stickers, all using the Gator name. So this kid was like... It. It. He was the moment. He was, yeah. Like, he was, like, the dude. Mm -hmm. So, Gator was one of uh, a group of elite skaters who enjoyed uh, significant fame in the 1980s alongside uh, Christian Hosey, Tony Hawk, which everybody knows Tony Hawk. Love Tony Hawk. Which also, did we see Tony Hawk in Avril Lavigne's TikTok? Yes. Died. I was just like... And Tony Hawk has a really funny fucking Twitter. Really? Yes. He's I feel really funny I feel like Twitter. he'd be a funny Twitter dude. Twitter and Instagram. He's incredibly funny on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my he, gosh. He did this thing once where he went to a airport and the guy checking him in was like, <gasps> Ooh, Anthony Hawk? Oh, kind of like the skater Tony Hawk. <laughs> and like laughed it on. He's like, yeah. I remember <laughs> seeing that. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so Tony Hawk, like he was in this whole group with like these, these big names. Right. So he just had like this really great personality and he received fame and fortune during the skateboarding's return to popularity following the success of vert skateboarding. So you know what vert skateboarding is, right? Absolutely not. No? Okay. That is so not, skating is like not, the whole X Games thing, not my journey. So, um, so basically what vert skating is, is riding a skateboard on a skate ramp or any other incline. And involves the skateboarding transitioning from a horizontal plane to a vertical plane in order to perform tricks. So it's uh, like basically getting on the ramp and performing tricks. Uh, that is vert skating. Okay. Because there's like different types of skating. Gotcha. There's like street skating. Right. And then there's like, right. you know. Vert skating. Vert skating. Trick, <laughs> trick skating. Got it. You know. Got it. Following. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was doing in the <laughs> 90s at this point? You know what I was doing instead of watching this stuff? I was like watching musicals and like doing theater as a kid. Well, that, this was like. That's who me. That's I was me. like, this was the 80s. So. Oh, well, then I definitely wasn't doing. I wasn't doing the verts. That's for the sure. The verts. <laughs> I wasn't into the verts. I wasn't even thought of yet. Yeah. So at a 1987 skate, sh- uh, skate show in Scottsdale, Arizona, Gator was introduced to Brandy McLean and her good friend Jessica Ber- uh, Bergstein. So Gator and Brandy uh, partied an entire weekend, and Gator would basically, like, always call and send uh, Brandy letters because he was in San Diego and okay. she was in Arizona. Okay. So after a few uh, a few months, he asked Brandy to move in with him, and she agreed. And I think she was, like, 17 at the time. So, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was young also. Yeah. 
Gator and Brandy were inseparable. They attended every kind of party in Carlsbad together and drank and enjoyed each other's company. Uh, Gator worked as a stunt double on the 1989 film Gleaming the Cube, which starred Christian Slater, and he appeared along with Brandy in a music video. Interesting. Do you want to guess what music video he was in? Okay. Give me the year. Uh, night. Well, it was like early 1990s. Okay. Uh, like 1989, 1990s. And they were like skateboarding and stuff in this music video? Yeah, there was like a, a little snippet of skateboarding. I'm going to say it was. This is a total guess. I have zero basis in why I'm guessing this. I think it just ha- I happened to like listen to it on the radio recently. Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. No. Oh, okay. I thought you were really going to get it. And I was like really excited because I'm like, I know you're like a music person. So I, I was am, like, I am. I'll give you like a hint. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Of yes. like, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you who sang it. Okay, but then you can tell me what song it's for. All right. Challenge so, accepted. Tom Petty. Ooh, uh, Free Fallen. Yes. Yeah. They were in the Free Fallen music video. Damn. And I had to watch it because I wanted to confirm that that was that Actually was a them. thing. That's so. That cool. was a thing. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, holy shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So uh, Brandy stated when she moved in with Gator. He became very controlling, though. So she said, like, from the outside, they looked like the perfect couple, but mm-hmm. there was, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, two different sides to him. Yeah. Yeah. So she said he had the two different personalities, his skateboarding persona, and who he really was. And who he really was was very, very deeply troubled. She said they would get into arguments, and he would go, he would, like, get out of control mad for something very small. Mm. So it was just, like, anything could kind of just set him off, and yeah. he would just go off. Um, it was said by friends that he drank to control his anger, and uh, but Gator was known to have anger issues and a drinking problem. Yeah. So, so it was like one of those like cyclical things. Like, I drink to not be angry, but I'm angry, so I drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I tried to verify this, because even though I have all these sources, I couldn't find like an article on this, but I have to remember this is in like the 1980s, so I don't mm-hmm. know how I would even start to find that article. Mm-hmm. So, it said on one of his tours in Australia in 1989, Gator had spent the day making demos. When he was done, he was completely worn out and frustrated. A child came up to him asking for an autograph, but Gator wasn't in the mood and tried to avoid him. The child kept on asking, and this enraged Gator, and he hit the child in front of a lot of people. (laughs) So, he hit a small child in front of a lot of people. So, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, wow, this might not be completely confirmed. I believe it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 So it said due to the assault, his sales around Australia dropped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's lucky it was just in Australia that his sales dropped. Right. So it said Gator's popularity declined as the vert skating popular in the 1980s was basically taken over by street skating mm-hmm. in the 1990s. Wow. Yes. You know, the vert. Gone are the days of verts. The verts. We are now on the horizontals. Hor- the whores. The, the horse. We the are horse. now on the horse. <laughs> We're now on the horse. We have, yourself. <laughs> whatever. We have gone away from the verts and we are now directly on the horse. <sighs> That's with a Z and no W at the beginning. Whores. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it says Vision, the company um, he was with for the majority of his career, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, for reinvention, Mark changed his name, Mark Anthony. Uh, well, he changed his name to Gator Mark Anthony, mm. explaining um, 
Rogowski, which is his last name, was the name of his father he never knew. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just drop it. Mm -hmm. So in 1990, during the World Cup event in Germany, Gator attended a party and got so drunk that he went missing. His team uh, vision manager recalled looking out the window, seeing Gator climb what looked like a construction crane and then diving down from a two-story hotel. Oh. He landed on an iron fence, impaling his neck, face, and thumb. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. That's, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It said uh, Gator showed up uh, at his manager's hotel room drenched in blood. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he's lucky he could walk. Yeah. It like, went through his neck. He's like, he didn't bleed to death. Well, yeah. Like, you didn't, like, slit your carotid. Like, dang. Yeah. Talk about being fucking Well, lucky. and I mean, you have to think, he was also drunk. True, yeah. So I'm like, when you're drunk, they, oh, they're like... My hurts. Everything all right, bro? Yeah. Yeah. So it said, on the way to the hospital, uh, Gator was in serious pain, and he was so drunk that he couldn't be controlled. Mm. The next day, he couldn't remember the reason why he was on the hospital bed or how he got the stitches he had. Jeez. Because that's how wow. fucked up he was. Because he went vert. He should have stayed horse. <laughs> Other way around. No, he went vert because he was on top of the scaffolding. Vert. Oh, he went vertical. He went vert. He went vertical. And he should have just stayed whores on the ground. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so basically, he returned home uh, to recover. And at this time, he, he befriended um, Augie Const- uh, Constantino, which was an ex surfer. I know that name. Yeah. That's a familiar name. Yeah. So he basically was a uh, turned born again sh- Christian who. Also became his spiritual advisor. Okay. Yeah. Gator converted to a strict form of Christianity, influencing Gator's attitude and skateboard deck designs. So I'm just a little creative foreshadowing here. I'm assuming that it didn't stick too well if we're talking about him now on a true crime podcast. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Didn't bode well for no. Gator. Got it. Yeah. No. Okay. And that was like the thing that brandy his ex his ex-girlfriend would talk about she was like he would be so religious and he would talk about these things but then he would just say and, and then he was like snap because well and he would say certain things like and i'll get to the the things that he had said and she was just like she's like it just scared me because it's yeah. like you know to sit here and be like i'm a christian but then like mm-hmm. you know then he went vert then he went vert brandy said that one time they had gotten into a fight and she doesn't even remember what the fight was about but she ended up locked in, like, a, a closet. Jeez. He locked her in a closet. Um, so she basically said, like, this was her breaking point. Like, yeah. she was like, I have to get out of here. I don't want to ever be locked in this closet ever again. Mm. I didn't want to sit around and see whatever he was capable of. So yeah. Brandy basically moved out immediately. And she, like, she moved back in with her parents. Yeah. So the breakup uh, frustrated Gator a lot more than the accident in Germany. And he began to drink a lot more than usual. So the last thing Gator said, and there was about a year in between this. Okay. So, like, this is how upset he still was about it. Okay. Like, you know, a year later. Like, you mm-hmm. think about things like you're, like, I I kind of hold on to things, but I'm like, I'm not holding on to things after. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's still a, there, there has to be a time limit on when it's really time to let shit go. Yeah. 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 So the last thing Gator, like, he had basically showed up at her parents' house. The last thing he said to Brandy was that he would take her somewhere, commit every sexual act with her, and dump her body somewhere in the desert. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he's saying this in the same... fucking dark. Like, the same sentence where he's talking about being a Christian. Jesus. Yeah. Literally. Jesus. Yeah. So, 
Sorry. I'm in, I'm in rare form tonight. I apologize. No, no, no. You're yeah. good. You're good. So, um, Brandy said one night she returned home to find that someone had broken into her, her room. That's scary. Yeah. She, say, she states pictures were removed from all of her frames. All of her clothes were gone except for, like, two clothing items. Mm. And lots, just lots of items were just missing from her room. That's so, creepy. That's yeah. creepy. That's scary, yeah. So she went to open the garage and her car was gone. Yeah. So she said everything just kind of started to click and everything that was missing were items that Gator had bought for her. Yeah. So cops called her about a week later and um, said that they had found Brandy's car uh, with all of her belongings in it and the car had been torched in a field. Damn. So. Yeah. That, talk about proving a point or trying to prove a point. Yeah. yeah. Remember how he had met... Brandy and Jessica at the same time. Yes. So they were best friends at that time. So okay. they were very inseparable. Like they were always just together at every every party, every function. Mm-hmm. Like she was always with, they were together. Mm-hmm. So when she had started dating Gator, her and Jessica kind of started drifting. And I mean, that kind of happens when you get in your first relationship. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of just become so infatuated with like that relationship mm-hmm. that nothing else kind of matters. Oh, yeah. I think we've all been there. Oh, yeah. On March 20th, 1991, Gator had talked with 21-year-old Jessica for the first time in years. Jessica had basically moved to San Diego, and yeah. she basically got in contact with him and was like, hey, you're, you live here. Like, can you show me around? Yeah. Okay. So Jessica asked Gator to show her around San Diego. They spent the day together on uh, March 21st, shortly after Jessica was reported missing. So according to Gator, he and Jessica went back to his condo to watch movies smoke weed, and drink wine. He admitted to coming up behind her, hitting her in the head with a club. So, for people who don't know what clubs are, they are the the thing that goes across your oh, steering a, wheel. a car club. Like a car I club. I thought you meant like a golf club. No, 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 no. Okay, no. so but like I feel, the club. The car club would hurt too, though. Oh, no, the car club would probably hurt more than a golf club. Yeah, that like that like thing's... fucking heavy-ass steel. Yeah. So he basically hit her with the, the club. Mm-hmm. After knocking her semi-unconscious, because he had hit her a couple times at that point, Jeez. he handcuffed her and dragged her to his bedroom on the second floor. He then raped her while she was shackled to his bed. So he admitted to all of this. He admitted that he remembers at least this. We're going to we're going to get oh, to that part. God. Yeah. Okay. Basically, sometime in the middle of the night, Jessica was making noise because obviously like she was coming too, probably. Yeah. He took his surfboard out of the surfing bag and stuffed her in this bag because he lived, I believe, like he was in an apartment at the time and he was worried about other people hearing. Oh my god! So he basically put her in this this the bag that the surfboard's in, and he like she of course was getting like louder because she can't breathe in it. Yeah, and he covered her mouth. Oh, so wow. he basically placed his hand over Jessica's mouth until she stopped breathing. He then drove her body to Shell Canyon Desert, uh, and then disposed of her body in a shallow grave. Jeez. So when he came back, he rented a steam cleaner to basically clean up the carpet and then flipped over his mattress to hide like the blood that was like on the mattress. Wow. Mind you, I believe this was, I said March. Yeah. Yeah, it was March. So a family camping, uh, camping in April discovers a mummified skeletonized body, which that wasn't a word, but that was the word that they totally used. Skeletonized. Yeah. That's a word. 
Google t- or my <laughs> my phone app said that it was not a word, and I said, word. "Yeah." I said, "What the fuck? How is it in this this show?" And this detective is using it, and I can't get my phone to auto populate. And I spelled it the listen same way. To, listen to the professional skeletonized. Totally yeah, exists. yeah. So they could not tell if it was a man or a woman because of the Tighten state up, of Google. All right, go ahead. I know. I was like, "What the shit? <laughs> what the shit?" They basically said that they couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman because. Basically, the state of uh, decomp was that bad. Ugh. Because you have to think, it was out in the oh, desert. Oh, you're in the desert. Shallow grave. Yeah. You can only imagine what animals have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, they were basically una- uh, they were unable to identify the remains. Mm-hmm. So, a few weeks later, the police come uh, to basically question uh, Gator about Jessica's disappearance. Because, like, he's there. Like, they know each other. Right, right, right. You know, they're just trying to find out where she is. So they couldn't find anything suspicious from him. Uh, um, so basically, Jessica's parents at this time were very unsatisfied with how the police were um, handling the issue of their daughter's disappearance. Mm-hmm. And they decided to fly to uh, San Diego to look for her, like, themselves. They just knew something was not right. Right, right. And the te- the detective that, like, works with her family was like, her her parents were so certain that, like, she was just off somewhere and that, that she was going to be back. They They had that hope. Right, right. The, the, basically, what their parents did was uh, they basically plastered missing posters of Jessica everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere that you could think of. Her father basically went and asked Jessica's friends about, like, if they had seen her. Her dad even went and met with Gator. Okay. And he basically asked him, he's like, have you seen her? And he basically shook his head and said no. Like, he told her he hadn't seen her at all. Wow. So, Gator would have gotten away with murder if he wasn't feeling so guilty oh i was gonna say if he wasn't so stupid oh no he was he's he's feeling guilty so because him and augie were you know he was he wanted he wanted to be a christian he wanted so he would go to bible study and he would he would do these things with augie because augie was very much a person who who was very religious and you know had that faith right and i think he wanted to be like that right so basically gator had once a bible study with augie uh the bible study that night was about judas the great pretender, mm-hmm. the one that betrayed Jesus for 30 pe- uh, pieces of silver. Yep. And then he realized what he had done. He went out and hung himself. So, I mean, that's oh, what Judas I thought you did, were right? Like, I was going to say, just like Judas? I thought you meant no. that. No! I was like, because Judas hung himself. That's crazy. No, 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 no. no. Hashtag relapsed Catholic here. Sorry. Or so Catholic. I'm a lapsed, not relapsed. Just no, lapsed. no, you're good. <laughs> so, 1030... 10.30 to 11 that night, Augie basically heard, like, a knock on his door. Mm-hmm. Augie opened the door, and Gator was, like, basically just sitting at his door, just sobbing and crying. Okay. When he calmed down, he said, I'm Judas, and I can never be a Christian. That's basically when, like, Gator admitted to right. Augie that he, he killed Jessica. And, you know, Augie was just kind of like, you know, because it's, like, it's yeah. at night, and he's just kind of like, he, he's like, all these thoughts were running through my head as far as, like, why are you telling me like right, he's like right, right. What, what do you want me to do like he's just kind of like going through these things and he's like you you need to tell the cops mm-hmm. like augie attempts to convince gator to turn himself in because you know like th- this is what yeah, no, no, no. like i'm not gonna be able is. to do yeah. anything you have to tell the cops because yeah. he's like he's like do you want me to like in his head he's like do i call 911 like what like he basically was trying to look for an outcome so he's like you, you should turn yourself in mm-hmm. so augie said at this point a train started passing by his house okay and at that point um gator basically kind of like started to panic and he like looked at augie and he was like he's like i can't do this so he basically goes and like bolts out the door and this is my favorite part he goes he goes i was in my underwear barefoot 
and he's chasing after him down the street. So he basically chases after him and he tackles him as soon as he gets to his car. Okay. So at that point, Gator's like sobbing and he's just like holding him because, you know, here's this highly real. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's just like, y- you have to turn yourself in. When you said the train was going by, I thought he like took off to run in front of the train or something. Oh, no. Mm. Uh, so basically at that point, he, he called the police and, and basically admitted to this and the police were just kind of like confused because they were just like people don't just turn themselves in Mm -hmm. like it's just not what they do right so basically um gator turned himself in on april 11th 1991 and led police to the exact spot where the unidentified human remains had uh been found shit okay so police uh searched his home and they basically were talking about how his home was spotless Mm -hmm. but they said once they put the luminol down Mm -hmm. the whole entire carpet just glowed like it was just lit up like a christmas tree yeah so that's when they found um evidence (laughs) yeah when they found evidence of the blood uh soaked uh basically through the carpet padding and onto the floorboards there were two small spots adjacent to where jessica's head um allegedly rested so in his confession he conveyed he killed jessica in a mid-placed act of revenge towards brandy calling jessica the mold brandy was made out of so brandy's interviewed and, and shattered and she even like you could tell like she was just like it it was supposed to be me yeah like i mean that survivor's girl has to be insane yeah because it was like her best friend yeah and she was just like and she's like if i had have known that she was going to like reach out to him or even like have lunch with him she's like i would have told her no right so she just kind of went through like like, that was the saddest part, was listening to her talk about it, because it's like, that was her best friend. <sighs> Entering prison, Gator was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was charged with special circumstances, committing a murder during rape. Under California law, this warrants the death penalty or life imprisonment uh, without the possibility of parole. Right. His lawyer, John uh, Jimenez, challenged the... Um, basically challenged the confessions that he had given um john basically appealed the rape charge insisting that the decomposed body showed no no signs of forcible rape but the appeal was eventually dismissed and i was like how are how are you supposed to show on a decomposed body like there's no i mean unless your bones (laughs) unless your bones um because she would be able to do it well yeah but i guess i guess the theory on that is because his if According to his lawyer, if his confessions were invalid when he confessed that he raped her, because you can't prove it, you can't charge him for the rape. Oh, okay. so that makes sense. Because I was just like, right. But then if they if they denied the motion, then obviously his confession stands, so they were able to continue with the the yeah. charge of rape. Following the advice of his attorney, uh, Gator pled guilty to the first degree murder and rape, thus avoiding the death penalty or life without the chance of parole. Mm-hmm. So in uh, January 1992, at the plea hearing, Gator submitted a four-page written statement. He accepted responsibility for sexual activities outside of marriage and uh, for not following the word of the Bible. He was sentenced on March 6, 1992. Five uh uniformed bailiffs with metal detectors were at the hearing due to a rumor that Stephen uh, Bergstein, Jessica's father, yeah. would attempt to harm Gator. Yeah, he would have been fine. I would have been fine. I... Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So basically with the... <laughs> Wait like five minutes. All right, pull him off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with bailiffs standing between Gator and Stephen, uh, Gator offered, offered an apology while Stephen shouted back he was a coward uh, who would die a thousand deaths. And yeah. Yeah. 
So Gator received a 31-year-to-life prison sentence, six years for forcible rape, and 25 years uh, to life for the first-degree murder charges to be served consecutively. Okay. He was denied parole on February 7th, 2011. Deputy District Attorney Richard Sachs uh, argued Gator remains an unreasonable risk to society and should remain imprisoned while a family uh, while a family member of Jessica's also attended the hearing and requested he remain incarcerated. Yeah. On February 6, 2015, another parole hearing was scheduled, but he waived his right to a hearing for one year. Okay. On March 9th, 2016, he was again denied parole for seven years. Okay. Every single time you say it, I'm like, huh? Okay, good. Gator will not be eligible for parole until March 2020 which marks the minimum of his sentence. So it says, as of June 2019, Gator is incarcerated at Donovan State Prison. Hmm. Uh, April 27th, 2020, Mark's parole grant was reversed by Governor Gavin Newsom, stating Mark needed to gain a deeper understanding of his crimes. Yeah. So that is the story of Gator. Jeez, man. Crazy, right? It was all over the place. Vert, whores, it kept going up and down. (laughs) crazy it's just really sad because even the detective was talking about jessica and he was like there was no reason no no at all no it's it is the definition of a completely senseless crime like that is just absolutely gross and then the fact that as soon as you said he pled guilty i was like motherfucker because his attorney's right if you plead guilty your sentence is going to be reduced strictly because you're admitting the guilt and like the fact that he might get out in two years is grinds my gears yeah. But that is the story. <sighs> That's awful. Mm-hmm. Gator. It's a crazy... I would highly recommend watching the Shattered one. You'll cry the whole time. That's crazy. I cry the whole time. Like, I've watched it, like, three times already, and I still am just like... <sighs> That's crazy. So sad. Hell of a story. Yeah. Well, all right. That kind of all concludes right. this evening's uh, bed crime story. So, um, again, as per usual... Thank you all so much for listening and your loyalty and your love and your kindness for the last few months that we have been putting out this podcast. We're creeping up mm-hmm. on a year already, which is absolutely insane. Really? Yeah. Um, it'll only be, shit. what, another three months and we'll be hitting a year? October we started. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's coming up. But uh, we do. We appreciate all of you guys so, so, so much. Um, find us on social media at Bed Crime Stories. Send us an email at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, like our podcast wherever you listen. Five star ratings and those positive reviews. Five star only. (laughs) Get us in front of potential listeners. So please, um, you know, send us out into the world so others may enjoy. Um, But yeah, we appreciate all of you guys. We love you all uh, all so much that I stumbled over my words. I'm going to say that again. We love you all so much. Please be kind to one another. And um, we will see you all next week. But until then, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.